and I tell people all the time, I would say 90% of our members are Irish, but we don't get into, you know, who's more Irish and, and who has stronger connections to Ireland um, or who, who's a bigger baseball fan or who's got more baseball experience. I mean, we've got guys like Steve Garvey and Joe McEwing and Sean Casey, but it's not about how many at-bats you had in the major leagues. We've got hundreds of members that never, you know, played college or pro baseball. So, you know, it, it's just like, it's a big, it's kind of a big family. And, and we just want to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, the hall is, is for everybody. So that's kind of what we're, we're out to prove here. That was John Fitzgerald, founder of the Irish American Baseball Society, talking about the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. Sean Clancy created the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame when he was still running the legendary Irish pub Foley's in New York City. Now, the Irish American Baseball Society is working with Sean to maintain the hall. Right now, we're in the middle of the selection process for the class of 2024. On today's show, I'll be talking with John Fitzgerald about the hall. Thanks for being here, John. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. The Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. The process for picking the 2024 class has already begun. So... Where are we in that process and how can people become a part of picking that next class? Well, so we're halfway through the nomination phase. Um, the way it works is every year during the month of September, dues paying members of the uh, Irish American Baseball Society can each submit one nomination. So, you know, if, if you, you know, if you're torn between three people, you got to pick one. That's just for the nomination phase. And, and uh, last year, I think we had about 40, 45 nominations. Um, some really, really interesting names, you know, going back to the late 1800s all the way up to today. We had former major leaguers, uh, coaches, players, college coaches, high school coaches even. So it was, it was a really diverse group of people. Um, and we expect the same thing uh, this year. And, and so during the month of September – uh, members can vote or I'm sorry, nominate, uh, one person. And then at the end of the month, uh, the hall of fame steering committee goes through those nominations and selects seven nominees to be on the ballot. And, uh, the selection process for, for who gets on the ballot is, is based on, on a number of different factors. Uh, number one is whether or not the nominee you know, fits the criteria and the criteria is on the website. We, we can go into that too a little bit, but um, if they fit the criteria and there's a compelling argument made, uh, or even if there's not a compelling argument, but the, the steering committee says, Hey, you know, we, we think like we can make that compelling argument if, if it's not submitted with the nomination. And, um, and, and then we, we, we put seven people on the ballot and then uh, gold level members of the society and past inductees of the society uh, each get to vote for three nominees. That's how it's all done. It's kind of an interesting process. It, it's uh, it's pretty in involved as far as like you know we we do everything by the book and and we wrote the book last year, so we're we're pretty excited about it. It kind of feels to me like in the National Baseball Hall of Fame when writers only have ten players that they can pick, or like sometimes you have to be a little strategic with your vote or in this situation, you might want to be a little strategic with your nomination because 
maybe there's a player that 15 members are going to nominate. So maybe you want to go in a different direction to try to get somebody who might be not a dark horse, but maybe somebody that you don't think other people are going to think of mentioning. Like you talked about high school coaches. And I think that if you look at what we do here in this organization, you know, teaching youth baseball is a huge part of it. And sometimes I think you can look at a community that has this legendary coach who's been doing it for decades and decades and decades, and maybe they don't get the national exposure that they should. And this is one of those situations where maybe you can shine a spotlight on somebody really doing the right things to grow the game. Yeah, that that's that's exactly right. And going back to what you said about um, you know being strategic and, and things like that, yeah, it, it all applies. And kind of the way we put it together was we looked at the bylaws of other hall of, halls of fame. So Cooperstown, obviously, but also other professional sports and other college halls of fame in high school as well, because each one has its own little different intricacies of how it works. And, and, uh, you know, we looked at all of them or, or, or I would say dozens of them. And we tried to pick out things that, that made sense. And, and, uh, one of the theories that I had as far as, you know, one nomination was very similar to what you said. And it actually happened last year where, um, Jim Palmer, who only recently found out he was Irish, um, right before the pandemic, I believe. So he was never, if I'm, if I remember correctly, and, and Sean Clancy could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he was ever knew he was Irish when the hall was, um, was functioning in, in Foley. So the hall, you know, obviously shut down, uh, when Foley shut down and, and Palmer never had a chance. So last year it was kind of, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Palmer was going to get nominated. Um, and probably voted in and, and he was. So people kind of understood that. And I had more than more than a few people say, hey, I would definitely nominate Palmer, but can I nominate somebody else? I mean, do you think he's going to be nominated? And I said, yeah, most likely. So if, if you have somebody else, you know, maybe throw them into the mix and um, and being nominated, you know, it, it means that it means something. Even if you don't get elected, it makes it more likely you're going to appear on the uh, on the ballot uh, at some point in the future. Um, but, but it was engineered to kind of create a discussion. And what we've tried to do a little bit with the Facebook group and the community website um, is to encourage members to, you don't have to say who you nominated, but if you don't want to, you certainly could, but talk about who you're thinking of. You know, I, I posted um, some stuff about uh, Lefty O'Doul. He was nominated last year. He almost got in last year. And uh, really interesting case um you know he's very influential in in uh in japan as a as a coach and a scout and a teacher of the game but he also had a great major league career and so you know i didn't nominate him last year i didn't vote for him last year but you know i i thought he merited a conversation and, and i encourage members to um just you know say who you're thinking about nominating because there's a lot of great nominees but you know some of them may not have a great tie to the Irish community. Um, others, maybe they did, maybe they do have a great tie to the Irish community, but they didn't put up the numbers if they were a player. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And I think members should be encouraged to, to really have that discussion and, and, and not in a negative way, but more in a positive way. Like, Hey, there's a lot of great people we could vote for. There's a lot of great people we could nominate. 
let's let's have a discussion and, and see because you know the other factor is that um, we we do have awards for the hall. So even if you're not inducted, a nomination makes it more likely that you may get one of these awards. And uh, and we actually just gave out the first award um, in, after the relaunch of the hall, which is uh, the uh, the Clive Butterworth Award, which is an Irish centric in Ireland award about uh, you know volunteerism uh, to benefit youth baseball in Ireland. And, um, that award was given out. That's one of the awards we're going to give out, but we are going to give out awards to major league and minor league and college coaches and staff and, and basically baseball lifers. And so it's good to nominate somebody that maybe somebody hasn't heard of. Maybe they end up getting an award. Maybe they end up getting inducted. I mean, it's it's really up to the members. That's awesome. And when you look back at some of the players who have been inducted, and I'm just talking about players in this situation, obviously there are other avenues to make your way into the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. But some of these players are never going to get a whiff at Cooperstown. So their numbers don't necessarily have to be Cooperstown numbers. You're just looking at somebody who had a career that warrants this type of accolade. So maybe if they have a greater tie to the Irish community than they have an OPS plus, you know, those things can all balance themselves out in this process. Yeah. It's not statistics dependent. I mean, it, it certainly could be, I mean, Palmer got in not because he gave back to the Irish American community. I mean, he's a hall of famer. Um, everybody has their own criteria, their own, everybody meets the criteria in different ways, I should say. And, and, you know, so, you know, one of the criteria is, is a connection to the, the global Irish American community. There's a million different ways that can happen. And, and another one is, uh, you know, exhibiting excellence on and off the field uh, in the game of baseball. And there are a number of ways you, you can satisfy that requirement, too. And, and as long as as far as the steering committee is concerned, um, as long as a nominee meets the criteria in the view of the steering committee, uh, they're, they're eligible to be put on the ballot. And then it's a matter of whittling it down to seven names. And that in and of itself is not easy. I mean, like I said, we had close to 40 names last year. And I think, I mean, a case could be made for probably off the top of my head. I'm not looking at the list, probably 30 to 32. Uh, you know, I'm just guessing there based on what I remember, but, um, and, and the rest of them could probably get an award of, of some sort because they, they were all nominated for a reason. So, yeah, you don't you don't have to hit 500 home runs to get into this Hall of Fame. But uh, but we want to make sure that it's something that's uh, that's special and and um, it means something to not only to the, the person who gets inducted, but for somebody who's posthumously inducted. You know, we want it to mean something to their family and, and to the members and to the larger baseball community. We, we don't want to, you know, just put somebody in that doesn't meet the criteria just because everybody knows who they are. It's just a matter of impact and connection, what those mean to the voters any particular year. And that's probably what should happen because I find when you look at this list of members, it is a really, really well-rounded list. Yeah. And, and, and uh, if you look at that, last year's inductees um which was the first time we used this new criteria you know you had palmer who like i said hall of famer 
and recently found out he was Irish. It's a very interesting story. He's very proud of it. And you have to recognize somebody like that because, um, you know, if he knew 35 years ago that he was Irish, maybe he'd be very influential in, in the Irish community. Maybe he will be in the future. He's certainly proud of it. He certainly got the credentials on the field. Then you have Leland, who Jim Leland was um, uh, very proud of his Irish roots, but, um, you know, didn't wear it on his sleeve, but certainly had a probably a borderline. I'm only saying borderline. I, I think he should be in the hall uh, in Cooperstown, but um, I'll say borderline because he's not in yet. Uh, so, so you have two, two people that just distinguish themselves very well in the game, very proud to be Irish. Um, and then you have John McSherry, who, um, you know, w- w- by all accounts was, was a great person and, a, and a, an excellent umpire. And um, during the nomination process, and even since then, we've, we've found uh, a number of stories that he used to just go show up at little league fields and coach games, or I'm sorry, umpire games in the Bronx while he was a major league umpire. So, you know, that's not specific to the Irish community, but he was Irish and a lot of those kids were Irish. And even if they weren't, um, it wouldn't matter. He, he gave back to the game and, and um, carried himself on and off the field with, uh, with a lot of pride and dignity and, and um, you know, no, nobody that uh, I've never heard a bad word uttered about him. So, you know, he obviously uh, merited um, induction as well. So, so you had those three, and, and so you have a, co- a manager, a pitcher, and an umpire. So, you know, one way or the other, it kind of rounds itself out, and it's a, it, it becomes a diverse type of field. And, and I'm sure we'll see something similar to that in some other way, where you know maybe we have a college guy, a, a pro guy, and a high school guy, or, or something like that. And I think that's another important point that you make when you're talking about you know, those impacts aren't all in the Irish community. And we are all baseball fans first and foremost. So we want this game grown through everybody, not just Irish Americans, not just citizens of the Republic of Ireland. Like we want everybody to love this game as much as we love the game. So growing it doesn't have to be in any particular community. You mentioned somebody going over to Japan and teaching the game that's just as important and I really love that aspect of not just the Hall of Fame but the Irish American Baseball Society in general that it's about loving Ireland sure but it's also about loving baseball in every single form yeah I mean I I personally I like to think of it as we don't have a home for the hall yet Uh, we're working on a, a few different um, ideas. And and one of them is to kind of distribute it throughout the country in different locations, different Irish heritage centers, um, maybe some restaurants, uh, but, but to not have it in one location and to have displays and information about it in, in multiple locations, but wherever that home or, or those homes wind up, um, my, my kind of thinking about it is the hall should be kind of like Foley's. Foley's wasn't you didn't have to be Irish to walk into Foley's you didn't have to like baseball um if you liked one or the other you were going to have a a much better time I mean it was it was great food it was great people um but if you were Irish and a baseball fan it felt like home and if you were just Irish or just a baseball fan um you were welcome there and it, it could feel like home too and that's kind of what I hope 
and I think what Sean hopes that um, that this will be, and and it starts with the, the nominations and the voting. I mean, when we find that home for the hall, Palmer and McSherry and Leland and and all of the the people that um, you know are inducted every year, they're going to be they're going to be represented there. So we have to kind of start now and and create that that you know that feeling that that ambiance of, of what it is and what it should be and, and who should feel welcome there, which is you know everybody um and do that now and, and then start to to you know lay the foundation of, of putting this somewhere and and you know we had the physical the first you know physical event induction this year uh in three two or three years uh when sean went to pittsburgh to induct jim leland and um and we had you know some members from the the western pa area and, and they were there and they got to you know enjoy it and and uh, a couple of them were down on the field and they had a great time. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an all-inclusive thing. It's, you don't have to be Irish. You, you don't have to be a baseball fan, but you know, obviously it's baseball. So you're going to enjoy it a lot more if you are. And, and that's kind of the criteria we have for the society as well. And I tell people all the time, I would say 90% of our members are Irish, but we don't get into, you know, who's more Irish and, and who has stronger connections to Ireland um, or who, who's a bigger baseball fan or who's got more baseball experience. I mean, we've got guys like Steve Garvey and Joe McEwing and Sean Casey, but it's not about how many at-bats you have in the major leagues. We've got hundreds of members that never, you know, played college or pro baseball. So, you know, it, it's just like, it's a big, it's kind of a big family. And, and we just want to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, the hall is for everybody. So, that's kind of what we're, we're out to prove here. So let's say I'm a regular member and I have made a nomination this year, but I think I want to vote on those final seven nominees. So what would I have to do at this moment to be able to do that? So in order to vote, you have to be a gold level member and um, that, would, that gets you a vote every year. And uh, you, you would basically just have to either upgrade your membership if you're already a paying member um, or purchase a membership in order to become a gold level member and um, and that gets you a vote it allows you to, to partake in the process in a little bit um, uh, of a deeper uh, way john fitzgerald thanks for all that you do for irish baseball Hey, Rick, thanks for all you do for Irish baseball. How about that? I'm Rick Becker. In two weeks, I'll be talking to John Fitzgerald once again, this time for the two of us to discuss the process and future of the Irish Wolfhounds baseball team. This has been Episode 71 of the Irish Baseball Podcast.